Listeners, I just want to give you a heads up that our guest today had a busy household, so you'll hear a bit of extra background noise in today's episode. Are you unsure how to respond when some Christians are strongly convicted on an issue while others aren't? Ever wonder how to explain the difference in personal convictions and biblical commands to your children? And we're so glad you're joining us for today's episode. I'm your host, Katie Morgan, and welcome to Parenting with Ginger Hubbard. Ginger is the best-selling author of Don't Make Me Count to Three, Wise Words for Moms, and I Can't Believe You Just Said That. She speaks at women's events, parenting conferences, and homeschool conventions across the country. You can check out her parenting resources and find out when she's speaking in or near your area at gingerhubbard.com. If you enjoyed this podcast and want to help support our ministry, one way you can do that is by purchasing Ginger's resources directly from her website instead of other online retailers. And stay tuned until the end of this episode to receive a discount code on your purchase at gingerhubbard.com. Another great way to support our ministry is by helping us get the word out about our show. You can do that by leaving a rating or a review wherever you listen to this podcast. Thank you so much for your support, listeners. This enables us to further our mission, to help parents reach the hearts of their children for the glory of God. I don't know about you, but I just love waking up in the morning, curling up in my comfy chair with a warm cup of coffee and reading the daily news. Did you just tense up? Because I did. Honestly, I sense myself wanting to avoid the news at all costs and shield my children from it as well. But what if there was a better way to be informed without being disheartened? Well, that's exactly what I love about the world and everything in it. This podcast from World News Group is my favorite source for current events because I can get sound journalism from a Christian worldview without the hysteria, the chaos, and the stress. As one of Apple Podcasts' top 100 news programs, they deliver essential headlines, field reporting, interviews, and expert analysis every weekday. Search for The World and Everything in It wherever you get your podcasts. Well, hey there, Ginger. Before we get started with our guest today, I just want to remind our listeners about our upcoming Christmas giveaway on Instagram. Listeners, if you aren't following Ginger on Instagram at ginger.hubbard, I really encourage you to do that now so you don't miss out on your chance to win a three-night getaway in March with up to five of your girlfriends on beautiful Lake Martin in Alexander City, Alabama. Ginger and I, along with our friend and podcast manager, Heather, will be joining the winners one of those nights for dinner. Uh, No hot dogs, we promise. And just to hang out and get to know you guys, we'll be posting about the giveaway soon and announcing the winner in early December. So again, be sure to follow Ginger on Instagram at ginger.hubbard so you don't miss out on your chance to win the Mom's Getaway Giveaway. Well, Ginger, I'm really excited to welcome back today's guest. Listeners, you may remember we heard from Jamie Erickson back in episode 137, Home and Hospitality. Uh, Go check out that episode if you happen to miss it. We'll have Heather put a link to that in the show notes. But she shared some great wisdom about being intentional with opening our homes to others and why hospitality should be at the heart of homemaking. 
Yes, that was such a great episode. Jamie Erickson is one of my favorite guests to have on our show because she and I share the same passion for encouraging and equipping moms in the high calling of motherhood. And Jamie Erickson does that so well through her Mom to Mom podcast, her blog, The Unlikely Homeschool, and her books, Holy Huga and Homeschool Bravely. Uh, we do plan to have Jamie back on again uh, to share about homeschooling with confidence since so many of our listeners are either homeschooling or considering homeschooling. So stay tuned for that. But today we're going to talk about personal convictions versus biblical commands and what that means. Jamie has been married to her college sweetheart for over 20 years. They have five kids and they live in Minnesota. No, they Jamie, don't. No, they don't. They live in Minnesota. Soda. Oh, <laughs> sorry, right? Minnesota. I don't know if I can do that with my Southern Minnesota. accent. Minnesota. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's how I sound. Anyway, welcome back to the show, Jamie. It's always a joy to be with you, ladies. Thanks for having me again. Thank you. Uh, Jamie, let's start, I think a good place to start is by telling our listeners about the difference between a biblical command and a personal conviction and why the church is not completely unified on uh, every daily decision. Right. So I'm going to use a couple different terms because, you know, you, we can say biblical commands, personal convictions, but you might also hear words like primary issues versus secondary issues. And I actually think that those terms reflect better what we're actually talking about. So we have some primary issues in our faith. We have some core doctrines of the Christian faith that actually set us apart in our belief system than any other faith persuasion. You know, things like salvation is by grace alone, through faith alone, in Christ alone. That Jesus was born from a virgin. He lived a sinless life. He died. And three days later, he rose again, ascended to the Father in heaven, and is preparing a place for those who accept and receive his free gift of salvation. So those are primary issues. We cannot budge one iota in our belief in those things. Otherwise, we aren't necessarily a Christian. We might have a faith, but we don't necessarily have a faith in Christ. Mm. So we would call those things primary issues. And there are other ones that you see in, um, in scripture, but those are the main ones that in order to say, I prescribe to the Christian faith, you kind of have to cling to those. But then we have some secondary issues. And these are things that are mentioned maybe in part in scripture, but not necessarily in whole, in whole. There are things that maybe the Old Testament alludes to, but the New Testament doesn't specifically address. Now, does God waste one word in his, in his scripture? No, we know that he doesn't. So every word in scripture is important, but on this side of the cross, there are some things that we can accept and hold as um, a grace that God gives us. And those would be considered secondary issues. We are called as a church to unity. We are called to love our um, brothers and sisters in Christ. Scripture says, live at peace with one another as much as you are able. We're called to unity, but we're not necessarily called to uniformity. And that's the difference. There are going to be elements 
in my life that I really feel convicted about and want to hold firm to. And I and and we'll get into some of that in just a minute and, and how you can tell whether it's a conviction or not. But maybe, Ginger, you as a sister in Christ are not convicted to those same things. That is a secondary issue. And because we are a a church, and I mean like the people of God that is um, has a wide breadth of different faith persuasions, a wide breadth of of giftings and callings. We live in different areas around the world um, because a lot of unique circumstances, we are going to have different convictions about different things. Mm-hmm. And even our culture can play right. a part mm-hmm. in that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yes. Absolutely. I mean, not that. to make it a political conversation, but there are certain areas in the United States where if you bring up certain topics, it it brings to mind or it evokes certain feelings and emotions that maybe it doesn't evoke in other areas of the country because they don't deal with those things. I'll give you an example. I live in an area of the country that is really big into hunting. I never grew up in this area. My family didn't hunt. I have never really understood um, the compulsion to hunt, but I'm not against hunting. But I grew up in an area where if somebody was going to be toting a gun, it was going to be used in violence against another person. Mm. Um, it was a big gang-related area. So my view of of a gun is going to be different than somebody who lives in a hunting atmosphere. Is one belief system right or wrong? Not necessarily. It's just I have a different experience than someone else. So we, we do this apart from our faith, but when we bring our experiences and our, our ideology into our faith, we can, um, unfortunately, put too much weight on certain beliefs or convictions and spin it as if it is core doctrine and that everyone, every Christian, needs to follow these convictions. Otherwise, Mm. they're sinning. Mm. Mm -hmm. That's good. Well, Jamie, when you've been convicted of certain decisions, what caused you to have those convictions? I think that there are um, several different ways that a person can be convicted. I know in my own life, it often stems or begins when the Lord or the Holy Spirit brings a certain verse across my path. And because God's word is rhema word, it's living and it's active, um, I can see a verse that maybe I've read a million times. All of a sudden, it it takes on a a new purpose, a new... um, feeling in my life and and the Lord shows it to me in a new way. And then I begin to pray about it. And, and I find that I have this little check in my spirit about something that's happening in my life as it relates to that verse. And I would say that that niggling in my spirit is actually the Holy Spirit kind of drawing me to uh, look at this, pay attention to this. I want to teach you something in this area. And um, it's almost like an itch that Mm -hmm. I have to scratch, you know, Mm -hmm. I keep coming back to it. And oftentimes, I don't know about you ladies, but oftentimes the Lord will 
continue to bring that same theme around my circles in lots of different ways. Like I mm -hmm. read a, a verse about it and then my pastor happens to preach mm -hmm. about it and my friend calls me up and, and says something about it. So the Holy Spirit and I, and hear me, I'm, I'm a really slow sheep. So I have to hear, often I have to hear something seven or eight times before it's like, oh, okay, the Holy Spirit really wants me to focus on this. So I have this niggling in my spirit. And and then, you know, I, I talk to my husband about it. Um, maybe if, if I'm really uncertain about this particular thought, I seek the wisdom of other believers who are strong in the faith. And I actually intentionally seek out the counsel of sisters in Christ who kind of fall on both sides mm -hmm. of that conviction mm -hmm. because I feel like then I I can see it from many different angles and not be influenced just by social pressures. Mm. My husband and, and I also have one simple litmus test that we always filter convictions through. And, and I'll just give you an example of one conviction I had um, you know, recently. And that was clean eating. And, and, and I feel like clean eating is, is a particular theme in Christian circles that sometimes gets taken to an extreme, sometimes gets taken too far. As if you, if you hand your child a bag of Doritos, well, you are not stewarding their body well, and um, therefore that is sin. So I had this conviction of clean eating and my husband and I always have this litmus test of, instead of asking, well, what's wrong with it? We flip that question around and say, well, what's right with it? You know, and I, I think that that knee jerk response that a lot of people give to certain convictions about, um, well, I want to, I want to gamble. What's wrong with that? Or I want to you know, X, Y, Z. There's many different divisive, divisive topics in Christian <laughs> circles. I want to celebrate Halloween. I want to drink wine at dinner. I want to be able to listen to um, or to watch that movie. And I think our knee-jerk response is, well, what's wrong with it? So we've just decided to flip that question and say, well, what's right with it? And if our, if our honest, true gut answer is, well, it's because I, I can. I'm allowed to. I'm allowed to watch that movie. Then we have to ask ourselves, is our motivation in the right place? Mm. Or are we just wanting to do something simply because I have the license and the freedom to do it? Mm -hmm. um, so yeah, and then we just prayerfully consider uh, and we call upon the Spirit for wisdom. And then we tr really try to be attentive to the outcomes of that conviction. So like when I began feeling convicted about clean eating, I started, you know, removing certain foods from our diet and making things from scratch. But I really was paying attention to my response. And what I found was I was focusing so much of my attention on our diets and the foods that we were eating and actually become becoming hypercritical of other people and their diets and their foods, that it was becoming an idol in my life. Mm -hmm. And so that's when I said, nope, I'm going down a wrong path. This is really a secondary issue. It's mm -hmm. not a primary issue. And I could tell that based on 
how I was responding to it in my spirit. Mm. And Jamie, I'm so glad that you came to that conclusion that it is a personal conviction uh, before we get together for lunch because <laughs> I am the most probably unhealthy eater. Katie teases me all the time about how I eat way too many hot dogs. I, w- I was just, so- okay, I wasn't going <laughs> to say because I've already no, mentioned I- hot dogs in this episode, but I was going to say <laughs> clean eating for Ginger is like cleaning the hot dog off the plate. Like it is gone. By the That's clean. The, the plate yeah. is clean exactly. from the hot dog. So Jamie, thank you for not judging me. Um, no judgment, no critique. <laughs> you know, and, and that's another question. You know, how should we respond to other believers who may not share our same convictions? Well, we can choose to take different stances on secondary issues and still purpose to be loving to our brothers and sisters in Christ mm. at the end of the day. And that takes humility. It really does especially when we're walking out our our convictions in front of our kids, um, because they don't always understand that what is, what we are called to do in our home and what we feel Christ is leading us and convicting us of isn't necessarily how he is convicting our neighbor, Mm. our friend at church, even sometimes our pastor. And, but we don't have to answer to the Lord someday for how someone else has walked out their faith. We have to answer how we have walked out our faith and whether or not we were obedient in the convictions that Christ gave us. Um, James 1.17 says, Therefore to him who knows to do good and does not do it, to him it is sin. So like Ginger, if, if you aren't convicted to clean eat and you decide to eat that hot dog, well, that's not a conviction that you're going to have to answer for because you don't, the Holy Spirit hasn't convicted you of that. He is not calling you to that. But if I feel convicted, then I'm going to be held to this other accountability. Mm -hmm. Um, So we, as believers who have different personal convictions, we can't flaunt Mm -hmm. our freedoms Mm -hmm. in front of those who don't share our same beliefs. We cannot flout our our. Um, our systems of beliefs and present ourselves as holier or better. So I I think it all comes back to humility and knowing that the life of Christ is a very personal relationship. And in the same way that I parent my children differently because I know what they need and I know that they each need something different from me, I firmly believe that my heavenly father parents us all differently too, Mm. because Mm. he knows our weaknesses. Mm. He knows our struggles. For instance, um, and I think you've heard me share this story before, Ginger, but um, my pastor has shared multiple times from the pulpit that he does not read fantasy novels. And he's very clear that he doesn't find fantasy novels at all sinful. The reason he doesn't read them is because he loves them too much. And if he opens up a fantasy novel, he will just take a deep dive and it will utterly consume him. And he has self-reflected enough to know this isn't really healthy for me because I'm actually ignoring other responsibilities. I'm ignoring my family. I'm focusing too much and I have made this an idol in my life. So he feels a personal conviction not to read fantasy novels because he sees, you know, the path that he goes down. That's a struggle that he has in his life. And so he's purposed not 
to go down that route. Now, does he turn around and criticize my son for loving fantasy novels and reading them? Absolutely not, because he realizes maybe Finn doesn't have that same struggle. And I think that is one thing to remember. Um, a lot of times for personal convictions can be birthed not just from a, an understanding or interpretation of scripture, but also from a struggle that someone has had in the past, like um, somebody who has struggled with alcohol mm -hmm. would probably have a personal conviction to abstain more than the average person who hasn't struggled. Have your kids ever come to you with math homework and asked for your help, only for you to realize you did a mathematical brain dump the day you graduated high school? Well, I have great news for you parents. Whether you're homeschooling or helping your kids with their math homework after school, CTC Math is an invaluable resource. They have video tutorials and summaries that are concise and really engaging while still fully covering the subject matter. It's like having your own personal math tutor accessible at any time. I have so many favorite things about CTC Math, but just to name a few, I get extensive reports and summaries of my kids' progress. We have access to CTC Math's entire catalog of lessons, not just per grade level, as many online math programs do. And finally, there is a 365-day money-back guarantee, literally no questions asked. If you or your kids need some extra help with math, go to ctcmath.com and sign up for a free trial. Again, that's ctcmath.com. Um, I think our personal convictions also come out of just um, an awareness or perhaps a propensity to something. And I can share a personal example of that. Um, there is a lot of addiction that runs pretty deep in my extended family. And I've seen the fallout for a lot of those addictions. And so I have had to purpose that I wouldn't abstain from a lot of things that really are not bad, um, but I just know I have a propensity to that. It is deep in my bloodline for these certain addictions, and I wanna stay as far away from some of those temptations as I, as I can. Now, do I think you are wrong if you do X, Y, Z that I have chosen to abstain from? Absolutely not. It is just God's kindness to me to help me stay clear of that so that I don't fall into an addiction. Mm, and so and as a believer, as a sister in Christ, you and I need to be... Um, very cognizant of that in other people's lives. So if you have a friend who, you know, has struggled with alcohol, be kind and don't drink your wine at dinner. Even if you know I'm not going to get drunk, I'm just sipping a glass of wine. And certainly scripture says, be not drunk with wine. Um, but even if you personally do not have a conviction for alcohol, it would behoove you in the love of Christ to love your brother or sister in Christ well enough to abstain. Right. And that's where that verse comes in about not being a stumbling block right. to someone. If we know that this is a struggle for them, then why would we parade that right in front of them? Because that could be a temptation for them. Right. So we never want to do anything to tempt someone that we know that is a struggle for them. So that's that's good, Jamie. Well, um, I think it matters a lot where we share our convictions, how we share our convictions. I think social media is just full of examples of how not to do that in a loving, God-honoring way. Uh, mm -hmm. So, Jamie, what advice do you have uh, 
Well, first of all, for how to explain personal convictions to our kids in a way that honors those who don't share our convictions, you know, but still clearly express a need for them to our kids. They are necessary, but uh, how do we explain that to our kids? Well, I almost always come back to this one example, I think because it really resonates with my children and they can see it and understand it. So I have one daughter and four boys, but they, they're all pretty sporty. Um, we're a baseball family, so we play <laughs> a lot of baseball. I specifically have two that have spent years and years in baseball, and they're both pitchers. And they know that on a baseball team, Every single person on that team has a different role to play. We can't all be, you know, slam hitters. We can't all be catchers. We can't all be pitchers. We all have different roles to play. And because we have different roles, the coach will assign each player different routines, different strength training exercises in order to develop the skills needed to play that position. So because my boys are both pitchers, their coach often has them do this um, exercise called the step back pivot pick. Now, don't ask me to tell you what that actually <laughs> looks like. <laughs> I watch baseball. I don't play baseball. But that's something that they do as pitchers, as they're training for their game. No one else on the team does that exercise because it is an exercise for pitchers. And in the same way, I tell my boys that your coach knows what you will need in order to the, do the job that you're supposed to do in this team in the same way that he gives you special exercises. God will give us special things to do to train and equip us to do the tasks that he has for us. So that might mean, for instance, as an Erickson, we don't celebrate Halloween. Now, do we judge others who celebrate Halloween? Absolutely not. But that's definitely a conviction that over time God has led and drawn my husband and I to. And, and naturally that has raised some questions um, by our kids because they see all of their friends, even their Christian friends celebrating Halloween. And so they wanna know why don't we celebrate Halloween? And that is a reason that God has specifically in his kindness, cause he's such a personal God, in his kindness to us, he has convicted my husband and I of that because there's something about that conviction. He knows that we Ericsons need mm. in order to do the job he is equipping us for. And maybe our friend and their family won't need to do that job. And so God, our heavenly coach who's preparing and equipping us, doesn't need for them to have that exercise. I love that. Mm -hmm. You Very just made good. a lot of our listeners really happy. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> we got a lot yeah. of feedback on our Halloween episodes, but I, I love that about this show too, that we can offer perspective. And well, this particular episode, we can offer those different perspectives. And I just love how you put it in terms of being on a team. That is, that is right. so wise. Right. Yep. That's really good. And I love that you brought up the Halloween too, because mm -hmm. actually that was a huge conviction for years and years and years with uh, me and, and in our family where we absolutely did not celebrate. And then I uh, read some things by John Piper, talked with some friends about why they choose not to necessarily 
you know, celebrate the evil and all that of it, but to hand out candy to people in their neighborhood. And, and the Lord began to soften my heart about that. And my convictions changed about it. Mm. Yeah. Um, from Your not doing it. Your story is so to, similar to yeah, ours. Yeah, exactly. It's so, not that we totally shut our doors. We, uh-huh. we see it as, you know, people are coming to our door wanting a free gift from us. So right. we, we hand out candy and we hand out gospel tracts and we share with them the love of Jesus. We yeah. just don't dress up and, and right. go trick-or-treating ourselves. Right. But that, that came, that evolved over time. Because yep. when I was a new mom and I had babies, I did. I hand sewed their costumes. You know, they were like the three three bears and uh, little Miss Muffet and the spider. And they were so cute. Why would I ever want to give that up? But I couldn't deny what God was leading my husband and I to. Mm-hmm. And so that has slowly evolved and, and obviously because our convictions have changed, that definitely posed some questions um, in the hearts and minds of our kids, and they have voiced those questions. And we have had to have these hard conversations, not just about Halloween, but you know, as you know, ladies, your parenting convictions change over time with mm-hmm. experience, with you know the the conviction of the Holy Spirit. And so we have to be willing to, We have to be willing to accept the why questions that our kids give us and not feel, not feel offended or combative when they ask, well, why do we do this? And Mm -hmm. our friends do not. Mm -hmm. And I think that's a good question for us to end on because you're absolutely right. Sometimes, you know, as we grow closer to the Lord and we're sensitive to the Holy Spirit and we mature in our faith and we study scripture, our convictions can change over time. So do you have any tips, Jamie, for getting your family on board uh, as convictions change without growing resentment in, in kids? Right. Yes, uh, one of my favorite parenting verses is that very verse, like, don't provoke your children to wrath. Um, I think first and foremost, if you feel convicted because of something that you've seen in scripture, and, and hopefully all of your convictions are founded somewhere in scripture, I would just humbly go to your children and show them the verses that have prompted that conviction. And, and actually you're modeling what it looks like Um, You're discipling them because you're modeling what it looks like to answer that Holy Spirit's call um, and and modeling how you come to convictions as a believer. So show them the verses that prompted that in Scripture. And then, again, lead with humility. Don't instantly jump to offense when they respond with a why. Actually look upon it as an opportunity to share your faith and to help disciple, help your kids work out their own salvation um, and explain it to them. And then you have to step back and call them to obedience in that. Be clear that someday that their decision, you know, the decision will be in their hands and they'll be able to make that decision. Um, And that's actually giving them the freedom to embrace the freedoms that they have in Christ to say, you know, someday you might feel differently about this in the in the same way that I have felt differently about it from my parents. And that is the freedom you have in Christ. And so again, you're modeling what it looks like to be a brother or sister in Christ and to say, we might share 
um, different convictions on a secondary issue, but at the end of the day, we're still brothers and sisters, we're still unified. But definitely explain that for now, for this time, you are under our authority and you might feel differently about the issue, but you still need to obey. And, and I would even remind them that Christ submitted to the will of his father, even when it required him to go all the way to a cross. Mm. And, and so for now, even if they disagree, they should still obey. Now is the part of our show where we give a quick tip for parents. Today's quick tip is courtesy of Jamie. So Jamie, what's your quick tip for us today? Well, if you're a parent with a home library, I suggest you go to Walmart or a hardware store and get some paint stir sticks. They're usually free. Write the name of every person in your family on a paint stir stick, or if you're like me and you kind of color code your household, paint a little swatch of color on the end of the stir stick in the color that everyone is, so I'm purple in my household, um, and then place all those stir sticks in a bucket next to your home library. And the next time somebody wants to take out a book from the shelves, they put their stir stick into that slot, read the book, and then can return it without the upset of the shelves. I love oh, that. Yeah. So organized. Jamie, I'm purple too in all, oh, of, in all of my organizational stuff. I love that. <laughs> and part of that is because I'm one of two girls in my right. entire household. So we have to take like the feminine colors. Well, listeners, if you have a quick tip for our show, we would love to hear from you. It can be any random tip about cooking, housekeeping, something you do with your kids, ideas for fun date nights with your spouse, anything at all. We would love to share your ideas on the podcast. Just go to gingerhubbard.com slash quick tips to submit those. Well, Jamie, thank you so much for joining us today. And uh, we just really appreciate you. This has been such an encouragement as we knew that you would be because you always are. That's why we love having you on our podcast. So where can our listeners go to find out more about you, your books, and your ministry? Well, I think the easiest place is just to go to jamieerickson.com. It's where you can see all my offerings that I hold out for whatever value they can be to someone. That's great. Uh, Jamie, how about offering our listeners a final word of encouragement? Well, I think in light of personal convictions and biblical commands, we have to remember that it's for freedom that Christ has set us free. And our freedom doesn't give us license to live unruly or devious, but they can actually, our personal convictions can actually refine our faith because they can act as moorings to help us stand firm in this decaying culture and really in these uncertain changing times. They give us a moral foundation um, for our culture of chaos. But we have to remember not to elevate them to a command or allow them to create disunity in the body. We will answer personally for whatever conviction that the Spirit has given to us and we have to let our brothers and sisters do the same. Mm, amen. Thank you so much, Ginger and Jamie, and thank you listeners for joining us today. Are you looking for fun and Christ-centered Christmas gifts for your children or grandchildren, or maybe for your nieces and nephews? Well, today we're offering a discount on Ginger's children's books, co-authored with Al Rowland. Just use the code PARENTING at checkout to get 10% off these three books. Sam and the Sticky Situation is a book about whining, Chloe in the Closet of Secrets is a book about lying, and Sean and His Amazing Shrinking Sister is a book about teasing. But wait, we have more. 
We're also offering $10 off when you buy all three of these books together. That's in addition to the 10% discount on your total order. So again, just go to gingerhubbard.com and use the code parenting at checkout. Thank you again for joining us today, listeners. We look forward to being with you again next week. Until then, may God bless you as you seek to reach the hearts of your children for the glory of God. Have you ever been at a total loss for how to explain to your kids some of the really hard things they've seen in our culture or in the news? Sometimes I resort to distraction, like, hey, who wants ice cream? <laughs> because I'm just not sure how to rightly respond. This is why I'm so excited about a new podcast that is stepping in to meet that need. The podcast is called Concurrently. And each episode is full of practical help so that we can teach our kids how to develop news literacy and biblical discernment. To find out more, visit concurrentlypodcast.com and you can listen to new episodes of Concurrently every Wednesday wherever you get your podcasts.